Chapter Two of Heroines of Travel by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Round the World. Madame Ida Pfeiffer is one of the earliest heroines of travel of whom we have any certain knowledge. She was a native of Vienna and was born in 1797 from an early age she was possessed with a desire to visit distant countries and peoples but it was not until she was nearly fifty years of age that she found herself in a position to gratify her lifelong ambition in eighteen forty six she set out from vienna on her famous journey round the world on arriving at rio janeiro she proceeded to make a number of excursions into the surrounding country on one occasion accompanied by a german friend count berchtold she set out to visit persepolis a german colony about fifty miles from rio as they travelled along the road they observed that they were being followed by a negro they thought nothing of the circumstance however as there were a number of people about and they kept on their way suddenly at a lonely part of the road the negro sprang forward upon the travellers brandishing a long knife which he had hitherto concealed neither madame pfeiffer nor her companion were armed and resistance seemed useless flight was equally out of the question for a time they warded off the ruffian's blows with their umbrellas finding that he could not break down their guard the negro seized the lady's umbrella and wrenched it from her grasp in the struggle he dropped his knife and she endeavoured to secure it but he got hold of it again and stabbed her twice in the left arm then the lady remembered that she had in her pocket a clasp knife to open it was but the work of a second and with great spirit she aimed a blow at the negro's breast but only succeeded in wounding him on the hand at the same moment the count seized him from behind a slash from the negro's weapon however caused him to let go his hold the travellers were now completely at the mercy of their assailant and gave themselves up for lost when they heard the clatter of hoofs the next instant two horsemen were seen approaching and the black fled into the woods hotly pursued by the mounted men madame pfeiffer and her companion continued on their way till they reached a house where their wounds were dressed before they left their assailant was brought in securely bound from his captors they learned that the man had been punished by his master for some act of disobedience and had attacked the travellers with the hope of avenging himself on the whites resuming their journey the travellers reached persepolis without further adventure and after a pleasant visit returned to rio a few days later they set out again for the interior of the country where there was an indian encampment 
at first their way lay through extensive sugar plantations but as they penetrated farther into the country the cultivated portions became fewer in number and less in size while the woods were thicker and more luxuriant when they had travelled a little over a hundred miles the count was forced to call a halt the wound which he had received in his encounter with the negro was very much inflamed and he felt that it would be dangerous for him to proceed farther his companion however had suffered no ill effects and was naturally anxious to press forward she made inquiries as to the road and was informed that it was not more dangerous than any other in the country she accordingly engaged a guide and having armed herself with a double-barrelled pistol set out as she rode along she had magnificent views of burning forests which had been set on fire to clear the land for cultivation once her path lay between a burning forest on the one side and the smouldering ashes of a consumed wood on the other the path was shrouded in smoke and it was impossible to see even a short distance ahead her guide put spurs to his mule and dashed into the smoke closely followed by the daring lady the crackling of the timber the roaring of the flames combined with the dense vapour and oppressive heat made it no easy task to guide the stumbling mules along the narrow pathway at length after a hard gallop the traveller and her guide reached the other side in safety half blinded and nearly suffocated by the smoke madame pfeiffer spent the night in a small vendor or inn situated in the midst of a dense wood with her experience of a few days before still fresh in her mind it required all the nerve she possessed to lay down for the night in a dark room with neither shutters to the windows nor proper fastenings to the door after a ride of two hundred miles through swamps and forests and across trackless plains the intrepid traveller reached the indian encampment which she described as the most wretched and poverty-stricken place she had ever seen the houses were simply sheds of palm leaves the dress of the people consisted chiefly of a few rags tied round the waist and their only weapons were bows and arrows with ready tact she quickly won the good opinion of the natives who placed at her disposal the best of everything they possessed hunting parties were formed for her amusement and before she left the indians performed a war dance a great fire was kindled and around the blazing pile the warriors of the tribe went through all the movements of attacking and repulsing an enemy so realistic was this performance that the traveller became alarmed for her safety as the indians with fierce looks wild cries and threatening attitudes turned their arrows towards her she spent several weeks in these wild solitudes 
and then returned to rio janeiro leaving the brazilian capital on board an english ship madame pfeiffer sailed for valparaiso in passing through the straits of magellan violent storms were encountered the awful roll of the thunder seemed to fill the whole sky and vivid flashes of lightning illumined the sea with a lurid gleam through it all the traveller as was her custom sat on deck watching the war of the elements it took the vessel fourteen days to beat out of the strait and enter the pacific ocean still the gale continued the waves broke with such fury on board that several planks were torn out of the deck it was impossible to light a fire and she had to content herself with bread cheese and raw ham for dinner at length valparaiso was reached and the traveller embarked once more bound for tahiti the chief island of the society group she fell ill on the voyage and to the surprise of all on board she refused to take any medicine but prescribed for herself salt water baths which she took in a cask and by this means she was restored to health on tahiti madame pfeiffer had some remarkable adventures travelling in the interior was by no means easy on account of the numerous rivers which had to be crossed on one occasion she set out with a guide to visit lake vihera i was dressed she says in men's trousers and a blouse strong shoes and without stockings the way was repeatedly broken by rapid winding streams through one of which she had to wade sixty times the water in most instances came up to her waist and when a dangerous part had to be crossed the guide took firm hold of her hand and led her over half swimming half wading some idea of the difficulty of the way might be formed from the fact that it took her eight hours to travel eighteen miles when she at length reached the lake she was wet from head to foot and her hands and feet were cut and blistered with repeated falls not satisfied with the experiences of the journey she expressed to her guide a desire to cross the water he replied that there was but only one way to swim as this was too much for her she shook her head and prepared to return when the guide tore off some plantain branches and made a kind of rude raft by fastening them together with coarse grass he then placed it on the water and invited her to go on board madame pfeiffer was not wanting in nerve yet she shrank from risking her life on so frail a vessel her wish however to cross to the other side got the better of her apprehensions and she seated herself on the plantain leaves swimming behind it the guide pushed the frail craft to the other side and back again 
though it was quite often under water and the adventurous lady herself expected to be immersed at every moment the novel trip was accomplished in safety that night she encamped at the lakeside and on the following morning set out on the return journey walking in one day a distance of thirty-six miles from tahiti madame pfeiffer sailed to hong kong she was the first european woman who had dared to travel unprotected in the celestial empire we cannot but admire the courage she displayed in walking through the chinese streets without a guard of some sort the fact that she was well acquainted with the danger only adds greater merit to her action but her daring did not end here in defiance of all that had ever been known in that part of the world she took a passage on board a chinese junk bound for canton armed with a pair of pistols well primed she embarked with a set of the most murderous-looking piratical fellows the voyage was accomplished without incident on arriving at canton she obtained a guide to conduct her to the european quarter as she passed along the streets her appearance caused great excitement men women and children came to their doors to stare at her and followed her down the street with shouts and cries of derision soon there was quite a large crowd following her she walked on as if innocent of the cause of all the commotion and to this circumstance she doubtless owed her life on reaching her destination she was heartily welcomed and all expressed their surprise that she had not been stoned by the populace madame pfeiffer spent about a month in canton during which she never missed an opportunity of gratifying her love of adventure and her desire for information many pagodas were visited and she also made an excursion round the walls of the city in this instance she was forced to adopt male attire had her sex been known her life would not have been worth a moment's purchase her most alarming adventure in china happened when she visited a tea-garden never before had a european viewed the secrets of tea-drying and this coupled with the fact that the visitor was a woman roused the hatred of the workpeople to such an extent that the authority of their master was not sufficient protection pointing at the intruder they rose from their work and pressed round her with threatening shouts in vain their master ordered them to return to their duties till at last he requested his visitor to bring her visit to an end as soon as possible calm and collected as ever madame pfeiffer inspected the various operations of preparing the tea-leaf for the market and then took her departure to the great relief of her host from china she travelled eastward visiting the wonders of ceylon and india in the latter country she took part in a tiger hunt from the back of an elephant 
the exciting and dangerous sport was greatly enjoyed by the traveller who expected every moment to see the fierce brute spring on to the elephant's head and seize the native driver in this hunt two fine specimens of the bengal tiger were obtained on her way from delhi to bombay madame pfeiffer had one of the most unpleasant experiences of her travels the man who drove her wagon had a habit of turning round and staring fiercely at her from time to time at first she thought nothing of it attributing his strange conduct to curiosity but as time went on his attentions became more and more unpleasant one day while they were travelling through a wild and lonely district the man got down from the cart and walked behind it carrying in his hand a heavy axe the traveller felt as if her last hour had come and watched the man secretly yet keenly in the hope that she would have time to make good use of her pistols before the fatal blow could be delivered the man followed the wagon for an hour he then got up to his seat and drove on in silence again he dismounted axe in hand and behaved in the same strange manner as on the former occasion after another hour of terrible suspense for the traveller he resumed his proper position and contented himself with staring at her till the end of the journey at bombay madame pfeiffer embarked on board a steamer bound for bassorah the voyage across the arabian sea and up the persian gulf was accomplished in safety and the unweary traveller at once proceeded to visit baghdad babylon and nineveh thence she crossed over persia to tabriz and after a long and fatiguing ride crossed the frontier into the confines of the russian empire the hardships of her journey had hitherto been rendered less irksome by occasional acts of kindness and hospitality and she had become accustomed to be treated with a certain amount of consideration and respect but no sooner had she entered the dominions of the tsar than a great change manifested itself being unable to speak the native language she was entirely at the mercy of the imperial officials she had a letter of introduction to a german physician in the town of natsgiven but was unable to find him while wandering about she was pounced on by the custom-house officers and marched to headquarters there she was ordered to unlock her portmanteau and the inspector's wife at once began to rummage among the contents finding nothing of a contraband or treasonable nature they returned it to her without even taking the trouble to replace the articles they had removed they next turned their attention to a small wooden box which they were about to break open with a heavy hatchet this was more than the traveller could stand the box contained many relics from babylon and nineveh and she feared that they would be destroyed 
regardless of consequences she seized the box and tried by signs to make the men understand what it contained but in vain they either would not or could not comprehend her meaning her action accordingly made the officials all the more determined to open the box for they not unnaturally thought under the circumstances that it contained something which he was afraid to show they accordingly forced the box open and to their disappointment found a few fragments of brick and several pieces of carving they then allowed her to proceed on her way after this hoping to travel in greater safety and comfort she joined a caravan of tartars but even then she could not escape unpleasant adventure one day they encamped about fifty yards from the road and while a meal was getting ready madame pfeiffer walked along the highway she had not gone far when she saw a car approaching in which were seated a russian and a cossack soldier armed with a musket not wishing to be questioned by the officers she turned to go back to the encampment as she walked along she became aware that the car had stopped almost at the same moment she was seized from behind it was the cossack who was holding her and he endeavoured to drag her along with him she pointed towards the caravan and tried to explain that she belonged to it but in vain the man did not slacken his grip for an instant exerting all her strength she tried to free herself but she was no match for her powerful antagonist who finding that his prisoner was likely to prove troublesome clapped his hand over her mouth and carried her to the car she was then taken in charge by the russian who held her firmly down and covered her mouth so that she could not cry out the horses were driven forward at their utmost speed till the next post-house was reached when she was put into an empty room and guarded by the cossack here the traveller found time to think over the events of the last half-hour and came to the conclusion that she had been arrested by the government on suspicion of being a political agent with designs on the peace of the country in this she was right and the officer thought that he had made an important capture it was to no purpose that she gave her name and nationality together with an account of her recent movements she was told that she must remain a prisoner till her baggage could be sent for from the caravan and the truth of her statement proved from her papers there was no help for it and she was compelled to spend the night upon a wooden bench in that miserable room without covering or food worn out with fatigue and excitement as she was she could not sleep and when in desperation she tried to find some relief by walking up and down her prison the cossack rushed in and led her back to the bench at the same time giving her to understand that she must not move in the morning her baggage arrived and she was set at liberty 
as there was no means of obtaining redress she continued her homeward journey without delay travelling by way of constantinople and athens on the fourth of november eighteen forty eight she arrived in vienna after an absence of two years and a half during which she had undergone an amount of peril and hardship almost incredible for a woman and by her personal enterprise made no mean addition to the cause of knowledge End of chapter 2